Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And today I am giving you an update on a strange and disturbing case of mine regarding a man who says that he is being terrorized by something demonic. So, some of you may be familiar with this case already. Uh, It came to me six years ago, and I am really the only person who's ever investigated it, and it's just so weird uh, how a lot of the pieces are are coming together now, six years later in, in this case. But but listen, before I get into that dark territory, I want to tell you what I did last night here in Vegas, and you'll see why this ties in. I was recently contacted by a woman named Karen Rontowski, who said that uh, she is a big fan of mine. She's been a fan for many, many years. Even she, you know, gosh, 20 years ago, I made that little documentary, Alone in a Haunted House. And you can watch that for free on YouTube right now. And, uh, you know, she watched that years ago. She listens to this podcast while she rides her bicycle around Los Angeles. And uh, the the thing about Karen Rontowski is she is a paranormal investigator. She is a professional tarot card reader, and get a load of this, she is a professional stand-up comedian. How's that for a combo? See, that's that's what I like, multifaceted, multi-talented renaissance people like that. And when I say professional comedian, I mean she's been on the David Letterman show, um, she has been on uh, well, shows with all the big names, Sinbad, and you know, like I'm telling you, she she's the real deal. She's an actual. <laughs> I know that's hard to believe that uh, you can be a paranormal investigator and stand-up comedian because you never hear about that. But by God, she is, and she has this podcast called Paranormal Karen. And her name is spelled K-A-R-E-N, Paranormal Karen. So she invited me to be on her podcast. Uh, she's a great interviewer, great host. I, I, you know, I came on the podcast, and we had a wonderful conversation. Uh, in fact, I'm going to put a link uh, up on my Twitter account and my Facebook page to all of her podcasts. You need to go listen to Paranormal Karen's podcast. Um, so uh, I've just been really you know, fascinated with with her and her combination of skills and talents and so she contacted me a few days ago and said hey i'm going to be in vegas i'm performing at the laugh factory at the tropicana they're on the vegas strip and so uh she was very kind to invite me and lauren to go over there we went over there last night and i'm telling you she had us in tears we were laughing so hard and i don't say that just to be nice because I listen and I watch stand-up like constantly. I mean, you'd be surprised. I have been to the biggest comedy clubs in, in all, I mean, I've been to every comedy club in New York. I think I can say every, maybe not every one, because there are some little dinky ones, but almost every comedy club in New York numerous times. Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Houston, Nashville, Miami. I mean, I have been to all the comedy clubs I've seen some very famous people. You know, I, I was recently talking about Lauren and, and myself going to see Norm MacDonald, for example. But uh, so, uh, look, the thing is, um, 
when I judge comedy, and I'm if, if I'm not at a comedy club, you know, I watch comedy videos and stuff like that on the internet all the time or on Netflix. Uh, I I really do find that um, it's kind of hard to make me laugh. Lauren will be the first person to tell you that. And we just had a, a rollicking, good, fun time last night. And then afterward, uh, of course, I got to meet Karen for the first time in person. And um, we had a great conversation, took a picture together. I'll see if I can get a copy of that and post it for you. But um, she's just a really interesting lady. And uh, I can't imagine how you can stand there like, you know, she does or like any of these professional stand-ups do and kind of spontaneously work an unpredictable crowd like that, you know, just like snapping responses off that are charming and clever and funny. It's really an admirable quality. So if you happen to be in the Vegas area, she is going to be at the Laugh Factory, I think, uh, through Sunday. And which is the 10th, yeah, February 10th, performing at 8.30 and 10.30. Uh, and then later this month, she's going to be at MGM. And by the way, uh, she didn't ask me to promote her. We don't have any arrangement. I'm just telling you this because you should go see this lady. Okay, she's going to be at the MGM the 18th through the 24th of this month. So anyway, um, thank you, Paranormal Karen, for uh, what you add to this unusual phantasmagoria we call the world of the paranormal and you know if you're going to do an event you're going to do a conference something like that um, I can't imagine a more apt person to function as a a host type figure than uh, Karen Rontowski because um, well you know she can keep it light and funny and witty and intelligent and she's very knowledgeable so uh, paranormalkaren.com again that name is spelled K-A-R-E-N paranormalkaren.com so thank you Karen alright folks now let's dig into the dark side of things I actually um, you know I have mentioned over the years that I consider myself to be a very fortunate person because it often seems that sometimes I will go to a place and then I will leave and right after I leave something tragic happens now I'm not going to give you examples because um, I don't want to be seen as a harbinger of doom because those are the two angles from which you can look at it you know from one point of view you can say oh well uh you're just mr lucky you know you're able to leave before bad things happen or you can look at it from the other point of view and say maybe you're bringing some kind of bad stuff and just leaving it so that's why i don't really talk about this too much but i do find it very ironic that um and I don't know if I'm manifesting this subconsciously or whatever, but I'll be at a place and I'll be doing all kinds of intense research and none of these TV companies are interested. I'll pitch it, you know, and nobody gives a shit, you know, and then I'll I'll go somewhere else and all of a sudden these TV companies contact me and now they're interested and they want me to go back and so it becomes kind of a burden. So it's like, for example, for years and years and years, I talked about Judicola Rock in Western North Carolina, which is this big boulder covered in all of these bizarro 
petroglyphs that nobody has been able to decipher or explain to this very day. I produced a website about it, judicolorock.com. I mean, uh, I had a lot of you know local interest and support from uh, friends and investigators who would go up there with me and we'd go hiking and investigating what was happening in the woods. But uh, none, none of the TV companies were interested in, in, in that. And then, wouldn't you know, as soon as I left North Carolina to stay in Puerto Rico for a prolonged period of time, well, then I get a call from the History Channel, America Unearthed, uh, with Scott Walter, which is a great, great series, fantastic show. And... Um, and they were asking me to go back to North Carolina to because they wanted to do a segment about Judah Color Rock, and I couldn't do it at that point. I, you know, I, I my my whole mindset and work had shifted into this new series of obligations, and so I couldn't do it. And uh, they hated it, and I hated it, and we tried every angle to you know to work it out. We could. So and then you know, like uh, so anyway they did the thing but they did it without me and obviously it would have been way better with well, no I'm not going to say that but you know what I'm saying well similar kind of thing like you know, when I was in Los Angeles uh, I'm pitching this and that and the other and it's kind of going you know so then I fly um, well once again I fly to Puerto Rico to work and then all of a sudden they want me to go back to Los Angeles to do in search of and I'm like I can't do that right now I have other stuff so I have this like weird issue of like when I leave a place suddenly everybody wants me to go back to that place to work on something that I had been pitching that nobody was interested in at the time I was pitching it so I left Puerto Rico um last year and of course went to Asheville and then from Asheville I came out here to Las Vegas where I have a lot of stuff going on bouncing back and forth between Vegas and Los Angeles and suddenly um, I don't know a couple weeks ago I get contacted by a company saying we're doing a show about people who have paranormal experiences in Puerto Rico. I'm like, oh God, are you serious? Where where were you all these, you know, years when I was in Puerto Rico doing research? It figures as soon as I would leave Puerto Rico, suddenly somebody wants to do a show about Puerto Rico. So the producer says, uh, you know, we'd like to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. And so I start corresponding with this producer through email, but we're both very busy people, and we were never able to actually arrange a phone call. And so I thought, well, it's the the phenomenon strikes again. You know, I leave, and you know, so you get the picture. But then, then, out of the blue, I get a message from Michael Rivera. Now, Michael Rivera, I, I I haven't talked to him now for, I probably haven't talked to him in almost six years, because I, I, I tackled this case six years ago, 
And I did the best I could, and I told everybody about it six years ago, but then, you know, there wasn't much more I could do with it at that time. And so, yeah, I haven't heard from this guy for six years. And he contacts me and gives me this update on this case, which is perfect for this show. So I know you might think I'm just wasting time here, you know, spinning my wheels a little bit, uh, but I want you to understand the synchronistic sort of context of this, that it's weird to me that I would be in Puerto Rico and not, you know, be able to generate a lot of interest for film crews to come down there. But then I leave and suddenly they want me to come back. And now at the same time, I get this contact from Michael Rivera. And I know you're thinking, who the hell is Michael Rivera? Well, let me go ahead and tell you the story, the strange and disturbing case of Michael Rivera and what the update is. And I'm going to play some audio for you as well. So, this story literally begins, and I'm now I have to sit down on my computer. This story literally begins in February of 2013. So I'm talking about an honest to God six years ago. It was actually February the 2nd of 2013 when I first received an email from this man named Michael Rivera. And he told me, and and by the way, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my report because after I finished this investigation, I wrote a very thorough report. And and I I learned a long time ago that that's a good thing to do because of this very reason. Because, you know, all these details can't be fresh on my mind that I sit down and I read this and boom, it's all fresh again. So Michael Rivera contacted me via email and he told me that, and by the way, he speaks both Spanish and English very well. He told me uh, that he was being terrorized by something that he considered demonic. And I, uh, I ended up having a phone conversation with him. Uh, the guy lives in Cabo Rojo, which is on the west coast of Puerto Rico. And he said that 10 years ago, well, actually, 10 years ago from now. So in 2009, and so in 2009, um, he said that he, uh, hang on a second. Okay. Yeah, he said in 2009 that he'd, he'd been depressed for a long time and agitated for a long time. And he started listening to death metal. And uh, basically one night he decided that he would proclaim out loud to passionately give his soul to the devil. So he said that he did. once he did that, once he gave his soul out loud to Satan, that he instantly felt great and powerful. And that afterward he transformed completely into an evil person who was abusive to everyone and constantly fantasizing about wicked and murderous behavior. 
Now, I know I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but I just want to let you know that Michael Rivera is a bodybuilder. Okay, he's a big man. Uh, I'm 6'2", and he's, I don't know if he's 6'2", but he's thereabouts. But this guy, he's built like, you know, like the brawny paper towel guy, you know what I mean? He's just a big, big, thick, strong man. And so when a, when a guy like him becomes abusive, oh my God, there's no telling what kind of abuse that might include or entail. So that was uh, that's just you know something for you to keep in the back of your mind. So after he did this for a while, you know he he really thought apparently that. He'd done the right thing, and now he was going to master all these forces that had held him down. However, however, soon afterward, that's when he started hearing it, the thing. Now, again, he calls it a demon. I don't know what it is. I'm not even sure how to define exactly what a demon is. You know, people people ask me, Joshua, have you ever seen a demon? And I say, well, in my opinion, a demon is a parasite in the spiritual world that tries to basically feed off of you and suck your energy. But if you're asking me if I've ever seen like a little, you know, hobgoblin with pointy ears and sharp teeth and all, no, I've not, I've never seen anything like that with my physical eyes. Maybe my psychic eye has perceived such things, but no, I've never actually seen anything like that. Okay, So he said this thing would start speaking to him uh, throughout his day in an antagonistic way. And that, so, so I, I would say, okay, well, g- give me an example. What are you talking about? What is this thing saying to you? Because I'm hoping... That if this, if he, hey, if you're going to talk to a demon, maybe he's got some interesting shit to say. You know, maybe he has some kind of like, you know, monologue he wants to deliver. But no, no, um, Michael said that instead it would always come in like a burst of energy and there would only be one or possibly two words at a time and that it always sounded kind of electronic and that the most typical things would be for it to say yes or no or what or just like weird almost arbitrary things like that yeah it's like having a demonic eight ball there you know and so i was like this is very very strange and I'm trying to figure out if this guy is insane or not at this point, you know. But he sounded very sane and rational, for you know, as much as you can tell for the most part. So I said, okay, I'm going to go investigate this. And I ended up going to his house. Really nice guy. I went to his house. At that time, he lived alone. I uh, understand he recently got married, so... Congratulations to you, Michael. I'm sure your life is much improved uh, because at that time he was living, you know, a- alone in his house, and uh, he had a dog, 
and uh, it was just him and bodybuilding and then this thing and I actually spent the night with him in his house for I think at least a couple of nights I can't it just you know and I mean I, I took this very seriously you know trying to, to document as much as I could about what what he was experiencing and he would hear this thing speaking to him uh, numerous times throughout the day and I wasn't hearing anything so that's why I was thinking hmm you know maybe uh, maybe this guy has some kind of mental problem right so I set up a test uh, where I took two identical audio recorders and I put one inside of a vacuum I pumped all the air out of it and then um, I put the other one outside the vacuum so that I could kind of gauge it's I won't get into that this right now I've talked about it before but basically if you're gonna try to record some kind of paranormal audio if you have it in a vacuum or at least you have one of your variables in a vacuum you can determine whether or not air is being moved or if this this is an electronic phenomenon but anyway that said um, at one point I had these recorders running and I said to Michael well uh, we're recording talk to the thing you know let's see if we can get it to to say something so Michael starts speaking I believe he was speaking in Spanish and and by the way this thing can all this demonic thing also can speak Spanish or English and he said something in Spanish and then he goes right and then the sound that I captured afterward was I don't know it's kind of chilling to be honest with you I'm going to play it for you and I captured this only on the recorder that was outside the vacuum for those of you who are technically listening or listening from a technical perspective Um, so essentially I want you to understand I am one of the biggest EVP critics in the world Uh, and I have captured some you know weird stuff and I have lots of friends who are big into EVP I mean hell my buddy Dean Worsing he's an, an EVP instructor at a college in Maryland and so I'm always happy to listen to it but I think that 99% of it is is bunk this is something that's really bizarre that I cannot explain because when you hear this you may almost think that I have uh, hoaxed this I've been accused before of hoaxing things that sound really really distinct because this is distinct now the thing is it doesn't distinctly say anything but he will what you're about to hear is this guy speak in Spanish and then he says right and as soon as he says right you're going to hear something happen in the recording and again, I'm not going to tell you, I mean, I don't, honestly, I will say I don't have a specific interpretation of what the hell is happening and what's being said. 
all I can tell you is I swear to you that this is my actual raw recording. So I I just don't know how that <laughs> how to explain this uh, seeming response to his question. So listen to this and listen to what happens after he says, right? Y proviene de algo satánico o malo. Right? Okay. So I'm I'm going to play that for you once again. Here we go. Y proviene de algo satánico o malo. Right? Okay, and now I'll play it for you one last time. After he says, right, listen to this. Y proviene de algo satánico o malo. Right? So, um, what is that? You see why I say, I mean, it almost sounds like it's something phony. Because, it, you know, it almost sounds like that I've inserted something in there because it, it, it sounds so out of place. But that gives us perhaps some clue or some cue, you know, <sighs> regarding what's happening, what's about to happen. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make. So while I was there with Michael, I um, the only time I ever heard anything with my own naked ears was one time when Michael said, um, I think that actually I might have been the one to suggest it I can't remember how it worked out but one way or another we decided to turn on a fan because there's this concept that if you have white noise in the background that well a ghost or a spirit doesn't have a voice box and so that spirit has got to be able to take what sort of tones and frequencies and sounds are already out there in the environment and then use its energy to shape them to warp them into something that comes close to an audible sound right and so uh, we turned on a fan and at one point Michael was talking and I don't have this on uh, as a recording and I don't think it would matter because if you put a recorder in front of a fan you're just going to hear the wind blowing on it but anyway he, he said something and it sounded to me, to my naked ears, as if the sound coming from the fan warped into no. And this is very much like, you know how you can, maybe when you were a kid, you could stand behind a fan and speak through the blades and you'd sound kind of like Darth Vader or something like that. It was, it was that kind of chopped sound that would come, that, 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 that seemed to come out as as the sound of the of someone saying no a masculine voice saying no that was all i ever heard with my naked ears and i do have some other audio recordings from uh evp type stuff but the one i just played for you really stands out most in my mind because it it was just such a distinctive thing so anyway um you know, we ended up. He, we, we went to the Catholic church. We went to the cathedral there in Cabo Rojo, and we sat down with the the priest, 
and the priest did not speak English and you know my Spanish was you know poor and and so I wasn't able to keep up with everything that was being discussed but Michael was talking to the priest and and it was just the three of us in the in the priest's little office and so um and the priest was I think trying to 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 judge what was happening here he seemed to be an open-minded fellow but he wasn't sure how to explain it other than saying well you know you just need to do some blessings and you know, get some blessings and say some prayers and you know all, all the typical stuff the priests do um and then I sat down with Michael and I said let me do some tests with you I want to test out your your mind to see maybe if there's something special about you psychically speaking. So the first thing I did was try to measure his bioenergy with a tri-field natural EM meter and similar devices, and there was nothing special. Then I took out a psychotronic will, which is the type of device that like the Russians would train with during the Cold War to develop telekinesis. And I, and I would have him sit there and try to move it, and, and it wouldn't move at all. Okay, He had no, no telekinetic ability, from what I could tell. But this is the weirdest thing. I had a pack of Zener cards. These are like the ESP-type cards, where like one has a star, one has wavy lines, one has a square, one has a circle. And you have someone sit down and try to guess which card... Uh, is going to have which symbol you know so essentially the the easiest experiment is you sit there i sit here i have the deck of cards and you tell me which symbol is going to come up next and the the two basic ways of doing it are i've got the pile here and neither one of us know what the symbol is going to be and then the other way is well i pick it up and i look at it and then i look at you and i try to telepathically send it to you well regardless of what i did He never, almost never, almost, I won't say never, but almost never could get one right. Now that is statistically significant. So let me put it this way. If I take a coin and I flip it 10 times and it's weighted properly, then statistically it should land about 50-50, you know, about five times on one side, five times on the other. You know, in in a perfect environment. So if you have it land every single time on heads or every single time on tails, that is statistically significant. Now, I am not a statistician, and I do realize that there are lots of variables involved here. But what I can tell you is that I did this Zener experiment, this ESP card experiment, over and over with him. And statistically, he could never get it right. So, like, for example, here's what I wrote about this in my report. And my report, by the way, is uh, freely available uh to the public if you're interested let me know and I'll uh, send you a copy when I have time um, let's see oh man it's a, it's a pretty good report and uh, man I don't know if I can 
I can find this section. Okay, yeah, here it is. Okay, when Warren used the ESP cards to administer three tests to Rivera consecutively, uh, the card pack consisted of 24 cards with 19 in play per round. Each round was carried out in full before the results were revealed. The first two rounds were designed to test clairvoyance, in which Rivera would attempt to guess a symbol unknown to both himself and Warren. The third round was designed to test telepathy, in which Warren would look at the card and attempt to transmit a symbol to Rivera via thought alone. Warren was surprised that in round one, Rivera got only two cards correct, and in round two, he got zero correct, and in round three, he got only one correct. Warren believes the results of this test are st statistically significant. Though not a statistician, Warren believes it may be just as difficult to get none right as to get all of them right. However, the result was the opposite of the intention. What might that indicate about Rivera? Well, since ESP is traditionally about gaining information from the outside world, perhaps this indicates that Rivera's information is coming more from within himself. The irony, however, is the sensitivity to sounds and activities in the environment that Rivera consistently exhibited in later tests regarding sounds that may constitute the, quote, voice that's speaking to him. And I was also intrigued by the fact that he talked about it as having an electronic sound or an electronic component. And uh, you may or may not remember that Puerto Rico is one of the outposts of the HARP project, which is headquartered there in Arecibo, at the Arecibo Observatory. So there are some very weird transmissions that are beaming around that island and it may just be that some people are more or less sensitive to that so basically I left that case um, sort of unresolved I mean I documented what happened there best I could I talked about this on Coast to Coast AM and speaking of Strange and I'm sure a number of other, other shows but I wrote that report in March of 2013. I gave it to him and uh, to his priest, and uh, I'm not sure who else I sent a copy to, and then that was sort of the end of it. I just didn't know where else to take it, to be honest with you. And then, and then, once I get contacted by this TV company that is now wanting to go to Puerto Rico, since I've just left Puerto Rico, and looking for people who are having spiritual disturbances, I got this message from Michael Rivera. He wrote to me, Hello, Josh. After seven years, this thing has not gone away. However, this thing is now attacking one of my friends really badly. It's also attacking my mom. And a lot of people are hearing it. And it's destroying our lives. Our church pastor knows about this. 
and wants to get help and intervene before it spreads to the whole community. However, he does not know where to get help and he's looking to learn more about, you know, and he talks about like satellites, machines, and electronics and all the possibilities and he gives me the private information for his pastor. Now this is not the priest that we visited before. This is a new this is a pastor. And uh and then of course we started corresponding from there and he uh that's when he told me he got married and everything. So I haven't talked to him on the phone since I got this, but he is now saying that this thing has gone beyond him to his friends to his family and now they're worried this is going to become contagious that the whole community might be in hysteria because of this phenomenon now how weird is this i don't you know like what do you think this is do you think this is a demon or a ghost or a spirit or electronic harassment or do you think that this is some kind of um, just a mental phenomenon I mean it's kind of hard to believe that after you hear that audio recording that I played for you which is one of two or three I have like that I think I have at least three like that Um, I don't know what's going to happen here but it's a it's a weird story it's it's one of those things like I don't know exactly what file it fits into at this point but I want you to stay updated. I want you to stay abreast of this because I, I think we have not heard the end by a long shot. I believe there's going to be more information that's going to come out about this. This story is going to evolve. And as it evolves, I'm going to keep you informed of the story. So I believe that's all I can tell you about it as of this moment. But I will tell you this. Um very excited about tonight i should be meeting up with tom vrelock and his wife Kay here in vegas a little later tonight i'm very much looking forward to that because this weekend even though i'm going to be traveling and uh, filming some stuff with george nori i'm going to be hopefully if all goes well launching this new metaphysical product that is based on the work of Mr. Tom Vrelock. So get ready for that. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. Make sure you are a subscriber to my free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com so you will get the blast when I announce this thing. I'm planning on doing it Sunday. If I get delayed, it might be Monday. But Sunday or Monday, I will tell you what this thing is. But I got a busy day, so that's it for this particular show. And... uh, my website, of course, is Joshua P. Warren, no period after the P, joshuapwarren.com. And if you go there, you'll find the link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. That's because I try to leave one for you every day. Always short, always free, independent, uncensored. If you click the link to Joshua P. Warren Daily, you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So, so much more to come. Thank you for listening. Thank you 
for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious, and I will talk to you again soon.